is up everybody my name is mj and you are listening to the one and only mtg in quarantine podcast where the motto is edh community now and always as usual before we get started with today's episode i would like to give a quick shout out to my local game store guardian games you can find guardian games on the web at ggportland.com i'd also like to give a huge round of thank yous to all the people who support me over at patreon.com slash mdg in quarantine so huge round of thank yous to mr big bents nick s frugal brutal and coach jero for supporting the show if you'd like to help support the show and help me make more awesome content head on over to patreon.com slash mdg in quarantine and did you know that i am an official quiver time brand ambassador if you did not know, or even if you did know, I'm going to do this anyway. So you can get 10% off your Quiver Time order using promo code MTGIQ in all lower caps. Again, MTGIQ, all lower caps, for 10% off your order at checkout. And again, Quiver Time has an amazing family of products, whether you want the classic Quiver Time case, Bolt case, Orion playmat tube, or any of the family of products. They're all great things, and you're going to want them for you, for your friends, for your family, for all those upcoming cons, tournaments, and just LGS play that's going to be coming up in 2024. So yeah, again, go check out my reference code in the episode description below. Use my reference code to let them know I sent you. And again, you can use my promo code for 10% off your order. You can also get your very own MTG in quarantine brand of playmats over at Inked Gaming. That's I-N-K-E-D gaming.com. Got two really awesome versions, both the full color logo as well as the grayscale version. They both look killer, and you're going to want one for you, all of your family, and friends. So again, you can go on over to Inked Gaming. That's I-N-K-E-D gaming.com. And again, you can find that reference link in the episode description below on my link tree. But without further ado, I know I've chatted your ear off enough about the intro, so let's get on to today's episode. So today's episode is going to be a slightly different look at CEDH, so competitive EDH. And in that way, it's not going to be so much about a deck tech like I normally have been doing, but it's kind of going back to the theory of the format as well as the people who are in the Magic the Gathering community who play CEDH. And I've got some really awesome folks on here today, both of whom I believe I have not had on the show before. If I have, I apologize again, but I believe this is their first time on here. So I'm going to let them talk a little bit about their CEDH ventures. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce today's first guest, Bear Claymore. Welcome to the show. Hey, MJ. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, it's it's really an honor to be part of this with you and to be able to have a conversation with you about CDH and about what we do. Um, I am Berclaymore. Uh, my name is Fernando, but I'm, I'm well known as Berclaymore uh, in the social media. And yeah, I'm, I'm just thrilled and excited to have the opportunity to talk with you here. Awesome. And our other guest here today is also part of the Sylvan Scholars team, and we'll get to that in a moment. Introducing Justin. Welcome to the show. 
Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm Justin uh, or Orms by Gore. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Orms by Gore. Uh, mostly tweet about magic and nonsense. Yeah. All, all right. Nice, short, sweet introductions. I really, really like that. Anyway, I have brought both of you on here today to talk about the Sylvan Scholars, which is a, I would say, CEDH collective in a way where you are effectively trying to be able to spread the good word about CDH around the greater magic community. But frankly, since this is not my project, it's not definitely something I can speak to. So I'm, I think the first question for today here for both of you is, where did the idea of the Sylvan Scholars come from? And really, how did all of this stuff come together? I think that's going to have to be bare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. No problem. Um, so the idea came to be um, back in late 2021, actually. Um, I was just uh, starting to play a little bit of um, E Commander online uh, over Spelltable. Uh, it was just starting its boom due to the uh, pandemic. And uh, we had a lot of time at home. So I started to try to find a place where I could I could play. Uh, I was st also starting to get into uh, CDH, and uh, honestly, my experience uh, at that point uh, trying to play CDH locally with uh, uh, local game stores wasn't that great. It was a little bit of a, you know, kind of a negative experience, mainly because I didn't know what I was getting into, to be honest. Um, then um, over on Twitter, I was uh, lucky enough to run across Jeffrey Palmer, uh, known as Living Cards MTG on Twitter as well. And uh, he, he posted about um, having a, a newly built uh, CDH deck, uh, Kenan, Bonder Prodigy. And uh, I just thought, hey, why don't, why don't I reach out and, and ask him if he wants to just play a game one of these days because uh, he seems to not have the chance to play as often. So I reached out to Jeffrey and uh, I, I, I suggested, hey, why don't we find a group of people that uh, we, can, we can play uh, CDH like casually just to learn about the format and learn about our decks and see how that goes. And he was uh, excited about that and he was lucky. Uh, I mean, he was, he was um, interested in, in doing so. And then I took upon myself to find uh, a few more players. At that time, uh, we were able to find uh, the other team member pro of the project who, who wasn't able to, to join us tonight, but uh, he's also a, a really, really uh, crucial part of the project, uh, Trenton. Uh, he goes by uh, Trenton907 on Twitter. And also uh, back then, Amber MTG uh, was also another friend that initially joined us in, in this project. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's quite... Uh, just in a nutshell, the the origins of uh, the group of people that just wanted to play CDH in a in a just a, a very uh, non non competitive in in the sense of not too harsh, not too strict environment for us to learn what our decks could do. And um, after that uh, initial approach to all of them, I thought, well, why don't we make it this a real thing? And we start like playing playing regularly and streaming on it. And um, yeah, and that's when we 
met real quick and started chatting about how should we call this project. And it was actually Amber, Amber MTG, who uh, came up with the with the final name of Sylvan's Colors after we were throwing a lot of uh, a lot of names, similar names or or similar names to other part to other. Uh, uh, shows and, and then Sylvan's Color stuck and we liked it and that's what we ran with and um, yeah we that's how we started uh, we recorded well we streamed uh, a couple of months early 2022 um, unfortunately Amber had to had to drop from the project she wanted to focus on other uh, priorities that she had at the time and then uh, Jeffrey was uh, and enough to say, hey, I have a really good friend in my uh, D&D group. Uh, he he wants to play CDH and he, he, he would like to join us. And then um, Justin started to join us uh, to play some games as a guest. And then we said, hey, Justin is really cool. He really knows what he's doing. He he likes to to show and and it like in indirectly teach what he's doing or why he's doing things and uh, he would be a really good addition to the team so uh so we offered justin the 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 chance to join us as, as part of the of the team formally and he he said yes and um yeah after that every that that's all known we just kept streaming as often as we can and uh yeah that's what kept us going um yeah I, I don't know if that if that answers your question or maybe I gave a little bit too much information, but I don't know. Oh, what do not, you not really. I mean, I think that was a perfect way to encapsulate how this whole project got started and also really brings in the multiple facets that went into starting the group and really keeping it running. It's, it was interesting just to hear that you've had additional members in your, I guess, leadership committee here, if we can call it that. And uh, the fact that the idea can persist even if some of the original members end up dropping off for whatever reason. But as long as the concept stays the same, you can basically keep that exact same environment together even if the original uh, folks who were, were starting it uh, ended up going in other directions. So I, I think it was a very good way to introduce things. And uh, Justin, I do want to hear, uh, do you really have uh, some, any things to add to the, to the history of the group there? Um, I think that was a pretty good summary of our start from my perspective, basically. So I don't, I, I, I don't actually play D and D with Jeffrey. We, we, we've been, uh, I guess, part of a local magic group for years that kind of doesn't get to meet quite as much anymore since uh, multiple people are dads now, including Jeffrey. So that is, and has moved, uh, you know to the suburbs so it makes it a little harder to get together in person but that was why especially during the pandemic when jeffrey invited me to you know let's try out this this new format like i was interested but i kind of like bear i really did not have much of a local scene for cdh um I mostly play like local legacy and modern sometimes, but like nobody near me really like has a deck or like proxies it or plays it um, that I know of. Um, so yeah, it was really cool to get invited to play with a group online where we could kind of just, you know, ignore how far apart we live and, and get together. Our other member Trenton is uh, from Alaska. So, um, <laughs> 
but yeah, it was it was great to kind of get to learn the format with a group of other players who are also kind of relatively in the same spot with the format, kind of figuring it out from our own individual perspectives. Cool. Was, wow, that's that's um, all these years. Uh, I I really I really thought and maybe was just an assumption that you were you were friends from the D and D group because D and D your D and D group is always uh, probably. Um, like you, you're, you're there. You're you're really committed to to that group, and I I probably just assumed that that's where you were hanging out and where where you where you became friends to to begin with. Uh, but I, I'm I'm glad I'm being corrected now. Yeah, no, I met I met Jeffrey playing modern actually, uh, really modern magic at a a, a local air traffic. In yeah. Pretty interesting. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, there you go, and and I, I think. Just to complement what what Justin was saying, is um, in in the end, yeah, we were we were all just trying to like get get into the format uh, without really knowing what the competitive uh, commander uh, playstyle uh, is. I th I think Justin did have a little bit of that uh, mindset by by playing Legacy. That's that's pretty probably pretty pretty strict and very very focused format i've never played it but that's that's my understanding but yeah we were we were all learning we were we we, we all had just like the one deck that we wanted to try out and see how it went and for the most part we were just like learning on the go and uh, misplaying things and not knowing our lines and so on so it was really really funny um i i did forget to mention uh earlier that uh precisely because uh, jeffrey's um a pretty much newborn i think i think back then uh jeffrey's kid was probably four or five months old um he had to step away from from the project uh, which was which was um i mean definitely something we we we're still missing uh right now we're we're, we're still since then we're still only three members of the of the team uh we haven't uh, even talked about uh finding another one and but that's mainly because we want to keep it open probably to be able to invite people and more guests to join us and and try to learn the format with us but yeah back back then it was probably mid 2022 that jeffrey had to uh to step away from the project and uh, ever since then it's been justin trenton and myself for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's been it's been really interesting to hear about the the origins of this group and really how it evolved over time. So, yeah, let's move back into the meat of what the Sylvan Scholars do and who you are. So, again, you're trying to spread that message of CDH and give a welcoming environment for new players. I mean, I, I've spoken at length about this on my show many, many times, but uh, the fact that CDH is still stigmatized, I would say, about being unfriendly to new players, I think is definitely a challenge that we as CDH players have to overcome. And the Sylvan Scholars have done a very good job at bringing a lot of newer folks into trying the format. I mean... I've uh, guested on the show many times. I wouldn't exactly consider myself new, but I'm also not the most experienced grinder type player either. And 
I have noticed a lot of uh, new folks really giving the this end of the format a try for the first time on the show. Can you really speak to the experience of what it's like to try to walk a newer player through this end of the format, like throwing them into the deep end of the pool effectively, and uh, ex- just basically explain what that process is from convincing someone to try it out for the first time and then just kind of walking them through the process as you go along? Um, yeah, I think probably, I don't, I don't know, Justin, maybe if, did you happen to have a, a, maybe even a person or an example, uh, about that kind of, uh, interaction in the show? Yeah, I'm I don't think, think I would call one. anybody out by name, but like, I think we've definitely had a, a, a fair amount of folks on uh, playing for, you know, maybe not their first time, maybe their first time, but like, or, uh, but yeah, fairly fairly new to the format, and I think it's important to play clearly and correctly, but also slowly and patiently, I think. So I guess my answer is mostly like, I think it really helps to be transparent with what's going on. Like we, like Bear has said, we're we're you know we're playing CDH. It's competitive EDH, but we don't have the most competitive mindset necessarily in terms of like you better show up with a deck that we think is good and like you better not make mistakes you know like we're we're pretty forgiving and um upfront with what's going on i try to point things out that i might not in a you know if i was playing in a tournament i wouldn't be telling people what i think they should do accurately but if someone is new to the format and they don't understand what's going on, I might explain why I'm interacting where I'm interacting because it might make perfect sense to me. But if you're not in my head, maybe you don't know, maybe you haven't been in this situation before. So I think just kind of going slow and um, being upfront with what you're kind of trying to do. Cause like, I think, I think it's really easy to kind of take advantage of what people don't know, but you can only really get someone a certain way once. And I think I'd rather, I, I'm not sure I'm speaking for everyone, but I've, I've talked to a lot of CDH players who are like, I'd rather play against people making the right decisions and I still win and not just, you know, I want to sharp people out of positions. They don't know what's up. So I'd rather, you know, have, have everybody feel good about the game after it ends, I guess, regardless of who wins. So I just kind of try to go into it with that. I'm going to, yeah, exactly. uh, sorry, I'm, I'm actually going to amend my original question here a little bit. I, I guess my question here was actually going to be more of how do you take the process of someone? So do people reach out to you two and to Trenton to be on Sylvan Scholars saying, I am new, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I am willing to try? Or is it kind of more that you're reaching out to people, uh, you know, through the outreach, through social media, it's through the stream, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, kind of through the word of mouth type of thing? Or is it kind of a mixture of both of people you're bringing on the show for the first time? Yeah, I, I would say that um, right now it is it is definitely a mixture of that. Uh, pe- people reaching out to say, hey, I, I, I really want to give it a try. Uh, but we're, we're also still actively like uh, whenever we see a post or, or, or 
I don't know, a message of somebody saying, hey, probably uh, I'd like to delve into CDH or so on. If any one of us um, catches that, then uh, we 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 call out, hey, we do have a show. It's called Civil Scholars. This is what this is about. Uh, feel free to to let us know if you want to join us for, for a game or not. And um, so, yeah, that's that's the way it is today. Very early on, um, uh, we were we were really reaching out. I was posting regularly about the project and uh, just trying to uh, communicate that uh, we we wanted to invite people to, to, to just try it, to, to give it a try and to um, somewhat demystify that uh, preconception that CDH had for most of the players that were not familiar with the format. So um, I started reaching out to people I had played with uh, before on stream as a guest and just telling them, hey, I'm starting this and uh, I, I really like playing with you. I don't know if you would like to try one of your decks in a, in a more competitive uh, environment. And um, it turned out pretty well. A lot of people were interested. They they were willing to give both us and their decks a shot. And um, it was it was really rewarding for, for everybody. Uh, and I think that going back to what Justin was saying at the very end, uh, I think our focus on, on, on the messaging is or has been uh, without being very literal about it is making sure that people end up um, feeling well after playing one of the games with us uh, and remove all the, uh, you know, the, the bad feelings or the saltiness that normally is associated with uh, playing a high-powered commander. Definitely fair to, to say that. Um, yeah, so again, yeah, we, we, we've been talking about bringing new folks from the community in to try CDH because, again, there is kind of that weird learning curve, right? And it's a very different experience than most casual tables, although depending on what level of casual you're coming at, you may be fairly close to CDH already. I don't know. I can't speak for everyone. It was it was definitely I can only speak for myself. It was definitely a huge learning curve for me personally. But again, um, not for everyone. But yeah, it's it's good to know that there is an organization out there that is working, or at least a group here in this case, that is working to actively further the concept of CDH and you know try to bring new players into the meta. Because again, this end of the format will effectively cease to exist if people don't want to play in it, right? So we have to make sure that we're able to provide and curate that kind of game experience that we want to see. Going back to the original comments at the very beginning of the show, talking about having some very poor LGS experiences, and this is not necessarily you know, mutually exclusive, um, but it seems to be something that we see a lot of in the more online or chronically online, as I should say, meta that we have um, here, here on, the, on the interwebs. And it's really yeah. nice to have that uh, that sounding board, I guess, to be able to get new folks in there without feeling like they really have to go sit at a different table and they get completely alienated from all the friends because they're dealing with uh, sweaty grinders. You know, that's kind of the <laughs> unfortunate way we're looking at CDH now. I, I think also now that we have a more robust tournament scene, there's more eyes on CDH. But again, I, I feel like it starts kind of maybe kind of devolving a little bit into more of that 60 card mindset as well so which may not necessarily which which is cool for for being able to bring cdh into its own way but also 
I guess I have concerns about, you know, trying to bring in new people uh, to this as well when it seems like the meta is solved, right? So, like, all the top tournament decks are doing XYZ. You need to be playing these sorts of decks because now there's all the data that supports it. And uh, really what's nice about the Sylvan Scholars, at least in my opinion, is the fact that you're not going out of your way to say, hey, you should be playing XYZ top tournament deck. It's, you know, just come in, try out the format. We'll help you through the games. And also I think really something else that I wanted to bring up here too was bring your weird fringe or off-meta brews too. That's not necessarily something you see on a lot of the larger CEDH channels, I would say. But it's definitely something that is encouraged on Sylvan Scholar stream. I have done it many times myself, personally. And uh, it is nice to be able to have a very low-stakes proving ground for, for those sorts of builds where you may not necessarily get the time of day uh, at your local LGS. Yeah, definitely. And and uh, I hope you don't mind me, but I'd like to touch on a couple of um, look, just very, very... Uh, specific topics when when we are discussing about people coming into the 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 stream is uh we've had both experienced players uh that are trying cdh for the first time uh and also like totally new to magic players that say hey uh, i've watched what you what you're doing and uh, i'd like to try it um i have i have a really good friend that has been on the show many many times and uh he 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 had been playing for uh, magic probably for less than a year and he said i, I just want to jump into cdh because that's i, I want to try the, the best that that i can find and um he came on board and he wanted to play elsha and uh, i mean he he took wins like here and there uh, very very frequently and um, I was just very, very uh, both surprised, but also happy that he was able to like find a format that he was uh, uh, thriving in and not necessarily being a super experienced player, but he, he was a good player. He, he, was, um, he was making good threat assessment and he was uh, playing by the rules, which is pretty much what CDH is. Just play by the rules, don't skip um, any of the rules or the phases or, or or the step that we need to go through to make a full turn or a full cycle in, in magic turn. And um, he was really good at it. And uh, that really, really helped. Uh, but the other side of things and the other topic I wanted to mention is that those fringe decks that people may want to bring and say, hey, I'm pretty sure my deck is it's powered enough to uh, win against uh, the, the meta decks. And we've had those on the show many, many times and they've won. Um, and that's also what I like about how the competitive uh, format is uh, evolving because Commander on its own is growing so much and it's bringing so many players into the format that they just want to try different things. And I think that's causing the latest kind of like change in the, the how CDH is played. Uh, it used to be super turbo oriented and now because of all these players trying new things and different things that are winning both games and tournaments, uh, the meta is changing and evolving into something uh, a lot more focused on mid-range. And that's pretty interesting to see from uh, the learner perspective. So yeah, I guess we've been lucky enough to have uh, both situations happening with players coming into Sylvan's Color streams. Um, I, I think it's really 
um, you know, we're we're part of a bit of fairly, you know, I, I guess I don't know whether to say small or big, but I, I definitely am aware of other new player focused uh, streams that are run by friends of ours that have been on our show that we've been on their show. And I think uh, a lot of what helps get new players into the format is a lot of that is you want, you want a, a, a not just like one show, but like a community of people that are looking for more friends, more people that are interested in, whatever thing we're doing, I guess, like a lot of, I, you know, I, I have a lot of local friends who do express some interest. And I think what gets people in the door is playing the deck they want to play the strongest it can be. And I think where the meta is going is interesting because I think we, it, it's, it's really cool to see the rise in more, competitive tournaments i haven't really been to any myself i'd like to i'd like to get to the last year has been kind of crazy with travel but um i think it's cool to see how much data visibility we get into what's good i think i mean you know i would love to see more tournaments because the more we get the more data we get that is good i don't know that i agree that the meta is solved necessarily um i think it changes readily um I think we kind of know what the best, uh, you know, I, it depends what you mean by solved. I guess we know Tim Necrom is very good. We know Kinnon is very good. Um, but, you know, I think you see a lot of decks pop up that are uh, well positioned and kind of unforeseen and they do well. And sometimes they stick around and sometimes they don't. But I think that's always a possibility. And I think the more people we get in the format that are interested in trying whatever thing they think is cool at the highest level, the more of that we're going to see. And I think that's really a sign of a very healthy metagame, healthy format, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, I can't exactly speak to 60-card formats because I never really played any of them. But as I understand it, the fact that there is a constant evolution within those formats is extremely necessary, especially the eternal formats, is the fact that you're always going to have access to X large card pool, right, within mm -hmm. those eternal formats. And CDH is pretty much the same way, is that you have access to, was it, twenty seven to 30,000 cards, whatever. It's probably 30,000 cards by now. Maybe <laughs> 500 of them are, like, staple territory. And again, I always hate saying staple, so we're going to put that in scare quotes here. Just trust me, I'm doing that right now as I'm recording this. But, um, you know, these are the cards you're going to be typically seeing in most decks. You're, the ones you're basically slapping includes in CDH. But, again, there are going to be those particular cards, those particular strategies that are going to just come from out of nowhere and all of a sudden become a brand new meta deck or at least really threaten the existing position of the meta. I mean, I was there at Silicon Dynasty for the, for the Slicer Top 16. So I can speak personally to at least hearing the excitement that was behind that particular thing after day one. Folks were definitely talking about it afterwards. And I just remember thinking, it's like, I don't even know what this card does, but the fact that it's positioning itself to top 16, having just come out for the, for the most part there, and just really doing something that most CDH decks don't want to do. Um, right there basically demonstrated the fact that, you know, this 
meta is ever changing. I understand the same thing happened with Magda when that came in. I think that was kind of about the same time I started playing CDH. And it's like this is a completely different way to uh, to attack this particular meta, and it was just I'm really so sad about Magda. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, no, it's like... I I love that deck. I oh, think yeah. that deck is sweet. But Orcish Bowmaster is just kind of put at least one nail in that coffin. Yeah, it's a, it's unfortunate. Fantasy. It's un, it's unfortunate. I. Uh, I have, have a list of cards that um, I, I think are questionable to have ever been printed, and that one is firmly on that particular list. But uh, I'm not saying I will never say cards need to be banned, but like they're, they, there will be a life cycle of certain decks, right? And that clearly that one is getting very hampered, as you said, by, by Bowmasters. So, but again, it's a very evolving meta. For every Magda that drops off the list, there's going to be some brand new two-partner type thing that'll step into the void, right? It's like everyone seems to be discovering what Kirk can do when you don't pair with when, him with Sakashima, right? So it, it just seems like everyone is trying to find that exact slightly different angle to attack the same problem, utilizing this ever-growing card pool. And it's really cool to look at those fringe decks and then be able to bringing all this back to where our original topic is and not just me rambling about CDH here. But um, again, the fact that new folks have new perspectives into the format that maybe you as a new player out there, hopefully as new players out there listening to this episode will say, Hey, I have this exact deck that I really want to try to push to the limits. How can I do that? And I really think that it's great to have a place to be able to try that out without and. Well, actually, as I would say, a certain gym brand would say, uh, kind of in a no-judgment zone, right? So it's it's just definitely a good place to start out. Or, again, being an experienced player, having a chance to test out your bizarre, weird little brews that uh, you you just need to validate if they're worthwhile or not. And it's, it's nice to be able to have that kind of, kind of space to do that when, again, a lot of content is not necessarily geared towards trying new things. It's trying the tested, the tournament tested, especially decks. And then maybe a few things have kind of fallen out of favor, but there's really not necessarily a huge market, I would say, out there for brand new off-meta decks until they really crack that tournament meta. So j- just my own observations, but I wanted to hear your thoughts on uh, some of the cool things you've seen from le- either new players or uh experienced players bring off meta decks onto someone's scholar streams. I mean, what are just some of your favorite moments from the last, uh, I guess, two plus years of someone's scholars? Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm interested in uh, also uh, learning more from what you've experienced, Justin. Um, I, I'll have a few examples that I, that I want to share, but uh, I don't know, probably Justin, when I want to continue. Um, I'm going to have to think about it a little bit. I, the first thing that comes to mind, I guess, is, um, like as an example of seeing people come on with interesting and unique things that play cards that you don't see other places. I, um, I think I've talked about this on Twitter a time or two recently, but like, uh, Rachel Weeks came on with Orvar and, uh, I think I cast a Ristic study and she, you, hit it with a steel enchantment which copy enchantment uh, no steel enchantment oh no it's it's too blue for an enchantment aura that targets an enchantment it's it's enchant enchantment take control yeah control enchanted enchantment 
So she stole my Ristic study <laughs> and then with Orvar can copy that to steal everybody else's Ristic studies. And it was just like an example of like, I'm getting owned right now, but that's the coolest, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. I need to buy that card immediately. Um, that, that, that's just one example. And like, she's not a new player, but I think she hadn't played a ton of CEDH. Uh, maybe that counts. That's uh yeah that's that's true and actually actually uh yeah that was that was a good example I had in I had in mind as well um yeah I, I think back then was uh, when Orvor was recently printed if not I mean very recently printed and uh, there were there were talks about it being a little bit too powerful for casual and um, I know Rachel was kind enough to share that. Uh, uh, she she kind of had access um, to 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 Orvar uh, because of I don't know I don't remember a preview or something something related to um, to to Watsi and then um, she started building it and it turned out to be like wow this is probably something people won't like very much and she wanted she she didn't really have a, a chance to play it or try it a ton. Um, precisely because of the fear of, uh, you know, how people would feel uh, about about the commander. And uh, yeah, she brought it on and uh, started copying things and making clones of things and stealing things. And uh, it, yeah, it, it turned, none of us were expecting that. And uh, I think she, she ended up winning winning that, that game uh, back then. Um, so so yeah that was that was pretty interesting to see we had another uh new to cdh player come uh and play um i i don't know the exact name i think it's the mono mono black poison uh commander skittles Skittles. Uh, that that's the one yeah Yeah. and uh yeah that was also something that you don't see very often anywhere uh not casual not cdh uh I think in CDH, uh, because it's 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 hard to to push through with uh, with combat damage, even if it's with poison. Uh, but it, especially casual, because people don't like that kind of that kind of decks or they kind of frowned upon. Uh, but we we told um, this particular guest, hey, uh, you, you you bring on whatever you want if you if there's a deck you haven't tried or that you want to play but nobody lets you. This is this is a place where we want you to to come and try it. And uh, so she came. She came to the stream and uh, played um, Skittles, and it went uh, very well. And it it is it is one of those examples where uh, this particular guest uh, was very, um, you know, uh, her her mindset was very much of uh, I know that CDH is just these two win conditions and that's why i don't like it very much but i'm willing to give it a try and um i think we were lucky enough to show that it wasn't just that and also more than how you can win in a in a in a cdh game is um how we can help others make the best plays that they can and i think that showed in that in that game we were able to discuss meet meet plays how uh, doing something was more relevant or more important than doing a different thing or why attack one of the players is more uh, effective than attacking the one with the most life. So 
um, those those two were the the main examples I, I really had in mind for for situations where people come come with a, a mindset of what it could be, and they end up living with uh, just uh, a better understanding and a, and a more um, uh, on uh, how would you say um, accepting mindset of the format, saying hey uh, I, I think I really want to try that again. And both, uh, well, Rachel joined us again at a different time to play, and um, and yeah, we're hoping we're hoping uh, guests keep coming back to play more. Yeah, it's really yeah. awesome to hear those kinds of stories, honestly. And uh, yeah, Justin, go ahead. Oh, I even going beyond specifics, I think it, I think one of one of the coolest things is seeing people come on to do the cool thing that they want to do. And then, like, it's sort of like come for the broken nonsense you want to try, but like stay for the epic stacks or stack battles. Because I, what I have seen, like, so many times from people that are trying the format early on is like you see like some crazy stack battle, and like people want more of that. Like, it's fun to interact. It's, it's, it's not always about like, oh, I want to make people feel bad. I want to do mean things. It's like, no, I want to. I want to cast counterspell in response to dispel in response to mental misstep. Like, and then I'm going to mind break trap all your stuff and feel like a genius. Like it's, it's, it's just, <laughs> you do get up stack battles like that in other formats, but like, because there are four players interacting with the most powerful spells that you can get, like I've never seen the complicated stuff, like what comes up in CDH sometimes it's, it's absolutely wild. Yep. This and is I think awesome. that really like draws people. No, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, this is also the reason why I like playing red because then I can kind of just let everyone else have their petty squabbles and just kind of try to fly under the radar. But I'm I'm just saying. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I will. <laughs> I will give a huge. You were I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, my apologies, MJ. Yeah, I was uh, as I was listening to Justin. It uh, the the thrill that that people feel whenever they they start to see how how spells get to stack and then how you get to resolve them reminded me of um what i why or what i enjoy the most about playing um dungeons and dragons when i started playing dungeons and dragons was uh, i just wanted to go into combat with something you know like battle the zombies or battle the whatever uh that was the most exciting thing to me uh but then as 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 i learned to play more the game and i learned to how my the other fellow players in in the party were playing uh i didn't care much much about that but all but i started to learn why dungeons and dragons is is that kind of you know um build community and understand the other players and learn how they do things or why they do things and i think that's very comparable to how uh commander it is as a format you the more you play with the same group of people the more you learn their their style what they like to play and how you should be playing against them and that that comes a lot into play into how you uh, want to uh, interact when you have a stack uh, of i don't know five or ten spells uh, to resolve uh, if you know the players then you know what to do if you don't know them uh, you're like uh, without a dungeon master and you just try to do your best but yeah it, uh, sorry it, it just just reminded reminded me of that rush whenever I was I was playing uh, that other game, um, but yeah, I just wanted to to share that. 
For sure, for sure. And again, we're all here for the epic plays. Again, I can speak personally to the stack we had a couple of weeks ago when I was able to play with both of you, as well as Lord Jeff 89 so shout out there. Um, we had a stack of about seven to eight counter spells on top of each other, and Justin got to cast two mind break traps, which is honestly quite mind breaking in its own way. But uh, yeah, I that I was cast three of them that game actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Fine. Three. But yeah, <laughs> you hey personal you, achievement. You got to cast like uh, t- two of them on the same stack, I believe. That might so, be right. It, I'm just going back to Twitter here. It's like uh, solely play dev, 70 casuals on stack plus two mind break traps. Yeah, I think there yeah. were, I think you had two mind break traps on the stack there simultaneously, Justin, or something yeah. like that. It was, it was, it was pretty crazy. Not simultaneously, but yeah, I, I, I don't remember exactly how it worked out. I think it was a breach and somebody else's or something. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think you played the two, the two on that, on that, like, uh, turn and then on my attempt to win you cast my my bird trap because i didn't know how what i was doing but yeah that 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 resonates exactly yep and and that's honestly the some of the coolest stuff uh, again of cdh it also is one of those things where when you're the red player or the mono red player at the table it's just i really want to stay out of those sorts of counter spell wars but again that is a completely different look at the particular format but anyway the last question I want to ask both of you before we adjourn for this recording session is where you would like to see the future of Sylvan Scholars going from here. Obviously, this is kind of an evolving project. There's really no end goal in mind. At least it doesn't seem like there is from an outsider's perspective. I'm just curious to know what your thoughts are for the next couple of years of Sylvan Scholars and really where you would like to take this project. Um, I, I, I don't know. Justin, do, do you want to Pitch in? Do you want me to? <laughs> uh, why don't you uh, start? Yeah, I, I, well, I, I guess like you said, uh, MJ, there isn't really like a, a long-term goal or or um, aim that we have. I guess so far we've 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 just been enjoying a lot, and uh, we just we just try to to be there whenever or as often as we can. I think if I were to put something like on paper to say this is where I would like this to to end up is probably um, maybe I want to focus more and and uh, I need to I need to work uh, personally on that but uh, I need to focus more on um, projecting what we're doing to into other platforms and into into you know as 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 many people's eyes as I can, uh, because I, I, I do I truly believe that it's a very uh, a very kind and um, friendly environment to people to come and play uh, CDH. Uh, not that other channels that have it is it isn't, uh, but I I feel like we are pretty pretty chill. We 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 want people to to enjoy their their time well when they're with us. So I wanna I wanna project that uh, in the form of creating probably a little bit more of uh, um, you know recordings for YouTube maybe um, even doing a little bit of what you do I really like what you're doing uh, on your podcast and maybe just try to uh, interview uh, sort of saying uh, some of those uh, newbies to the format and, and ask them hey what what do you think about your experience here 
and maybe use that to showcase what we're doing uh, using their reference and their examples uh, to to show people and maybe bring more people into into the format. Not not necessarily into Sylvan scholars, but more people interested in, in the format. And uh, uh, like I said earlier, demystifying the that perception that it's 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 already set. You always win the same way. Everybody tries to win, uh, or everybody wins in the in turn one, which is like not the case at all so um so yeah maybe producing a little bit more of content and uh, showcasing more obviously growing in in viewership and followers is always good and um, ultimately um i want to make sure that we can as a as a group um maybe attend more um events with uh potential i don't know sponsorship or or uh help from either uh, our followers or maybe brands that wanna wanna give us a shot. Uh, I wanna I wanna make sure that we're all included into into that pool and uh, make sure that we have a presence in those events uh, as much as we can. And again, do it in person and bring in people and talk to them and say, hey, you could you can use my deck. Uh, come come join us for a game and and see what happens. Um, so yeah, I think as for me, I, that that would probably be two or three of the of the goals that I that I could put on paper and say, hey, I really want to try this. Um, I think for my part, I would like to see more turn one wins for myself. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, I <laughs> wouldn't we all? <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I mean, I would kind of just like to see us get more new people on. You know, it's cool to have our friends on. I love that. Um, but I also would love to continue sparking interest and getting people out there to come try out the format, see if they like it. Like you can you can you can proxy your cards, you can play whatever you want. Come hang out and see what's up. It's pretty fun. So yeah, I I I think Bear covered it. Like I'd like it would be cool to get more like nicely edited recorded content out. I think we have one game up that's nice and I like it. Uh I'd like to see more of it. Um yeah. I don't know. Just outreach is good. Get people playing the format. Yes, yes, yes. I agree with all of this. Um, not only because it allows me to test out my own personal weird fringe brews, but again, we really are just trying to grow this community. So it's not just about me, but I have enjoyed just my personal time on Sylvan Scholars getting to getting to play there. And I hope that more players will both new to CDH experience in CDH and also new to Magic um, general get a chance to play in the same playground, so to speak as uh, as I have been able to many, many times. And I, I've appreciated my times on Sylvan Scholars, and I want to be able to utilize that that resource while it's there and also hope that uh, you're, you two are, and Trenton are able to springboard this on to greater things come up in 2024 and beyond. Yeah, it's really nice of you to say. Yeah, no problem. All I'm right. I think we have reached the end of our episode here. I know that the folks out there are hopefully, 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 if they have not already started trying out CDH, will eventually do so. I hope that 
you know, hammering this concept home enough will finally force everyone out there to at least give it a try. You don't have to stick with it if you don't like it. But again, like uh, like with mustard or things like you don't know if you're going to like it until you try it. Right. So um, well, it's probably a really bad analogy, but it was the first condiment that came to my head. So I'm pretty basic. OK, <laughs> so <laughs> but anyway, anyway, I hope the good folks out there have really enjoyed listening to this particular episode, knowing that it's not just grind the grinder mentality out there in CDH. There are a lot of folks who just want to have good games and also teach new people because we all really just want a pod of people to play CDH with. We don't want to necessarily be stuck having to, you know, be stuck wanting to play CDH and not having anyone around or going to our local game store and not having anyone to play with. So we want to make sure that if nothing else, the one thing we can control is having people available on the internet to play in their free time. And the Seven Scholars have done a great job of trying to start that particular venture. Uh, obviously, it's something that I think we need a lot more of in, in the community, but this is an amazing start. And hopefully there will be great things coming up for both of you and for Trenton here real soon as more people get interested in this end of the format. So, uh, yeah, now that we've had our chance to spend this last hour with you two, I'd like to allow you to introduce yourselves in reverse order from the top of the episode. So Justin, who are you and where can people find your stuff on the internet? Uh, I'm Justin or Orms by Gore. You can find me on Twitter. You can also find me on Sylvan Scholars on Fridays. Um, that's about it for now. All right. And Bear, who are you and where can people find your content? Yeah, well, uh, my name is Fernando. Uh, I'm, I'm better known as Bert Claymore on social media. You can find more uh, about myself and all, all other links if you if you go to bertclaymore.com. And if you want to know more about the project and sign up for games, you can go to bertclaymore.com slash sylvanscholars. And that's where we host a little bit of, uh, of who we are. Uh, you can see our pretty pictures right there and a sign up link. So, yeah, if you want to give it a try, let us know. Uh, if any of the dates that we offer to come on and play or join us on a stream uh, doesn't work out for you, either because of the day or the time, um, please feel free to reach out to any of us directly and uh, we'll do our best to accommodate a specific time or day uh, and, and we can set up a pod uh, just, just to open up the opportunity for, for anybody to, to try CDH. And um, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. And uh, I'm I'm always willing to to talk to new people and um, accommodate any requests. Thank you so much, MJ. Yeah, no problem. It was great having both of you on here, just getting to talk about the concept behind Seven Scholars, and then just going through the whole process of yeah of your mission statement. Effectively, I I guess that's really what this boils down to is just understanding who you are how this whole project got started, where you've taken the project and where you hope to take it in the future. So I think, and again, I implore all the folks out there listening who, if you haven't tried CDH out already, give the Sylvan Scholars a try. I promise it's not going to be a bad experience. So uh, definitely give that a try. And also if you do have any weird fringe decks you want to give it a try, just, just do it, you know? And you never know until you try. And there's a lot of folks out there, if you're unsure, who you can reach out to about working on particular deck concepts. Even I have been known to give out a little bit of CDH advice every now and then to, to my friends. So 
Um, yeah, it's just definitely reach out there. Do not be afraid to try. And I'm so glad the Sylvan Scholars are definitely leading the charge on trying to get new folks into this end of the format. But anyway, we have reached the end of our episode here. So I'm going to give another huge shout out and thank you to all the awesome people who support me over at patreon.com slash MTG in quarantine. So huge round of thank yous again to Mr. Big Benz, Nick S., Frugal Brutal, and Coach Jero for supporting the show. If you'd like to help support the show and help me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash quarantine. And you can find all of the relevant social links in the episode description below, including bearclaymore.com, as well as my personal link tree for all of my social media stuff, including my Moxfield, Twitter profile, Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff will all be in the link there, as well as my referral links to Inked Gaming and Quiver Time brand products. And again, over at quivertime.com, you can utilize my promo code MTGIQ for 10% off your order at checkout. So definitely go check that out, folks. And anyway, this was another production of MTG in Quarantine, the podcast. My name's MJ. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.